Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views. Good morning, Alan. How are you? I'm grand, Finola. But first of all, can you tell us how you became involved in the Irish Thalidomide Association, please? Yes, well, actually, um, my father and my mother, among, uh, with, along with other parents, they started the Parents for Justice for Thalidomide Children way back in the 70s. And, um, you know, they, I have all daddy's files here. I have all the campaign. And they worked tirelessly to try and get a deal for children, like at this stage, 12 years after they were born. And then, you know, we went all the way into the woodwork and got on with our lives as best we could. And really, it wasn't until we were over 40 that we came together as a group because sort of the overuse and the misuse of having no arms or missing arms and missing limbs and that the internal damage we had, it just became quite evident that we were aging faster than the general population and a lot of pain was happening to our members. So we came together and we innocently thought we'd do a little sort of asking. We would sort of approach them and say, you know, you none of you expected the little my children to live this long. And here we are in middle age. But, you know, it, it didn't go well. And, and basically, we're all now have turned 60 and we have been campaigning um, nonstop to try and uh, get a fair deal uh, for, for thalidomide survivors in Ireland. And, and overall, I suppose it has to be remembered since 1959, there are, have been 25 ministers for help. Right. who have been dealing with this problem. And we just don't seem to be able to get a listen to. But maybe next week we will. What has your own journey been like, Fanola? Um, I, a lot of people, and I suppose I, I, I refer to myself as one of the lucky ones because both my legs work, even though, you know, they've aged a little faster than the rest of me. But um, it's mostly my arms. I have one particularly shortened arm, uh, very deformed fingers. It's, it's really quite useless. And then my so-called good arm would be quite weakened. And um, the way I would approach things, you know, you wouldn't have a, a muscle mass at the thumb. It's, it's you know, it's hard to lift stuff out of the oven. A real struggle to to lift the, the fabulous grandnephews and stuff like that. But... Um, yeah. Look, I know I've had a luckier life than most. I mean, some of our people were sent to institutions, rightly thinking parents, thinking that this was the best place for them. Um, some of our people have had, like, numerous, numerous surgeries from all over their body. And when they open us up in a, an operating theatre, they don't find what they would, like if you break a leg or if somebody has a hip. We're quite a challenge to the medical professional because none of our... Uh, bone structure or anything is anything like a normal skeletal frame. So right. the, the challenges have, have been have been good. But I, I suppose I'm passionate about the campaign because mm. I'm able to do this fight. And, uh, you know, there are some of our members who just would physically and, and just not be able for this. I mean, one of the most powerful aspects of the Late Late Show the other night was where the uh, where Brian Tuberty spoke to two 93-year-old mothers uh, who talked uh, about taking what was this toxic thalidomide drug. Uh, I mean, that was powerful. It was. And, and we were so... I, I said to Ryan, you know, when we were talking briefly, I said, this is the first time anybody has ever given an Irish thalidomide mother a moment uh, to, to say their bit or to give them an acknowledgement that, you know, their story is as valid. Because, you know, they very innocently took this drug. I mean, Peggy, you know, would, would, her story would have been that she went along for morning sickness and her doctor prescribed this new wonder drug. And when she went down to the local pharmacy, the girl in the pharmacy said to her, well, Peggy, you'll cure yourself very quickly when you see the cost of these, like they were a shilling each. And so she couldn't afford to buy the 12, I think, so she bought six. 
and yes, that's the damage that was done to Martin. Martin would have, the, her son who was sitting beside her would have facial paralysis. His entire ear would be missing, so the internal uh, organs of the ear are missing, and um, and his fingers are are, are, are bad as well. But um, that's extraordinary. And then he also uh, spoke to Mary, Mary Clarkin from Port Leash, and Mary told him that she took just one tablet. And uh, her daughter Sharon was with her, and she would again have the sort of typical thalidomide damage to the fingers and the hands. What's the reaction been like since the late show? Well, we are completely overwhelmed. I have to say, um, in fairness to the late late team, they they actually said to us that they couldn't believe they'd never covered this story, and they were so passionate about doing it. They gave us such help. But we now know that well over, I think, I think it's nearly hitting 500,000 people viewed the show. It's probably more. I think Paul Nestor probably had something to do with that. But actually, it was a great opportunity then to hear our story. And I know it was a bit unusual that I made a particular plea to camera at the end. Um, and we know that 25,000 people have directly watched that plea uh, to the government. And I suppose, you know, um, the plea was very simple. Acknowledge the wrong. Apologise for it, hmm. includes the unacknowledged. We represent about 12 people who have never been accepted by the state. And all we're looking for going forward is a fair deal, you know, because our old age is creeping up very fast. And it's old age with catastrophic disability. So it's a real challenge. And we just want some security on that. Yeah. But, um, Alan, can I just say this? I'm sorry if I'm going on a little long, but people need to know why we're specifically talking to the state. And that's what was so alarming about Leo Varadkar's comments to the media on Saturday. He basically said that he was saddened for our experience. Um, he was very uh, reticent about an apology and mentioned the pharmaceutical company. But you see, the state here in Ireland, when the international withdrawal for this drug was announced worldwide in November 1961, made a deliberate decision. I have the cabinet briefing papers in front of me here, where they said that the decision was undesirable. And for at least nine months, there was no effort to withdraw that drug. Right. And John Stack, who was sitting on the couch with me, was born 14 months after the international withdrawal. And then we have evidence from... Um, the Dáil records and everything, like Dr. John O'Connell stood up in the Dáil and said that he was able to walk into a rural chemist three years after the international withdrawal and still buy thalidomide over the counter. Right. So you, you, you obviously believe the apology doesn't go far enough. So, so oh, well, I, look, a, a, a sort of a soundbite to a few journalists saying that he was saddened for our experience. Yeah. Like, we, we need a lot more in the coming weeks. Now, we are about to start a process that we have sought for years. Yeah. Kieran Mulvey has been appointed as the uh, chairman to, to, to try and bring together a thalidomide process. And we are really hoping when they come to the table yeah. that they actually have their facts and their research and that they're ready to, to sort this. So the next steps then are what? Because you've given me kind of an idea where you're going with this. So where are you actually going with this? Well, as I say, you know, we've been lobbying politicians in particular uh, the last year has been, you know, very, very, very busy. About a year ago, this last week, I addressed the Fianna Fáil Parliamentary Party and they were horrified. And that's the thing in Leinster House. I'm in and out almost every week. They actually don't know the full story. They don't realise the hand part, act on part that the state had in this tragedy. And when they listen and when they see the very obvious facts. There's nobody quibbling about these facts. They are genuine. Um, I think they they are even in themselves, I see this in the politicians, that they cannot believe 
that they can't fix this small tragedy for 40 people. Like, if they can't get this done, what hope have they for any uh, of the other tragedies? And sadly, we now know the state's aggressive stance against defence, defence against the state. We'll string them along. We'll see what happens. Maybe they'll die off. And, you know, they, they won't come to the table. And you must remember that most of us are now 10 years in the High Court against the state on this matter and the pharmaceutical company. And the state has blocked us at every turn at that. So it really is time now for an open engagement on all the matters. You know, it, it just is. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views. Alan Corcoran.